Step Thrill Seekers. I'm Dev. And I'm Connor. And we're back. And you're listening to? I think it's called Mass, um, Hyster- yeah, Mass Hysteria. Mass Overhyped. Oh, sorry, Mass Hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome or welcome back, thrill seekers. First, Sorry. we have to apologize. <laughs> Connor, 2022, oh, we don't no apologies. Right. I forgot, we don't apologize. No apologies, no apologies. No, um, we kind of had like a crazy, uh, like two weeks. It's been a little wild. There's a car going crazy behind us, if you hear that. So if you hear a little traffic effects. noise, it is rush hour while we're um, recording this. And there's both, a little bit of traffic. We both are like, I feel, I feel like we're both pretty good about time management granted is it a is it efficient no, no but we get our stuff done right and then like every you know i would say three months on the dot we both uh, break down we both have like i can't finish everything in a day that i had to so we couldn't fin- finish recording before um i left for atlanta for a week and i know this is wild but connor and i still don't know how to record remotely we don't, we don't. um and it's not it's because he has a pc um it is because i have a pc a loser no i i because i um support better brands than okay. the one. no sweatshops for me thank you okay hot Sorry, takes Apple with users. connor um no I, I i've always seen people record remotely over facetime and i obviously there's like 20 other ways you could do it but i'm just like it has to be facetime and obviously it doesn't have to be facetime right, so right. we'll like we'll figure it let's, out at let's some be point. realistic you know we'll do it sometime in the next 10 months probably or two years or maybe two years we like to give ourselves some or some, never yeah <laughs> so we're like we have to record together we even like sit next to each other uh it looks like we're in love in love going to a sleepover about to watch a movie together you you name the scenario good thing neither of our partners listen to this podcast but yeah so we record every week together we did not do it last week and then i went to atlanta uh we didn't do it in the last two weeks yeah oh yeah yeah and then we didn't record that week and then i left for a whole week um because now and now we have a new companion for our landlord we do you know, we don't, we're not, we're not always with our landlord. You so know? we needed to find a third musketeer. We did. His name is Oswald. He's three years old. <laughs> Great Dane boxer or something. Something. Dog. Mix. We rescued him. Um, we love Connor, him. tell your, how about you tell your interpretation of what you thought I meant by I'm bringing you guys back a dog. So Devin decided she was going to bring a dog back for our landlord and Winifred. Winifred. And, um, I was under the impression she thought she could just take the dog on the plane with her. She's this like, is a yeah, no big dog. deal. He's like I 70 pounds buy a ticket. Well, we didn't know how big he was going to be necessarily. He was just, she ended up picking a 70 pound dog. And I really thought she thought she was going to just like put him, like he could sit between her legs on the plane. And um, that's, that's not a thing. Fortunately, she did actually understand that you can't do that. Um, so unbeknownst to me, she had bought a cargo ticket. <laughs> However, Devin can take it from here. They, you cannot fly a dog cross country on most of the major airlines in, in, in cargo unless you are an active service member, which, of course, we 
support our active service members. But Thank you not, for your service. But we are not active service members. So I uh, was a little panicky. And I don't know what came over me. But I was like, I guess I'll have to drive the dog back. So me and Oswald took a 18-hour road trip in one go. Yeah, that was an experience. Um, we listened to a lot of Pop Smoke together. <laughs> we listened to a lot of podcast together i love it um, i'm pretty sure i had one-way conversations with him it's great so all that is to say if you're wondering uh are we okay the answer is no but we are pushing on no um we are okay we just had to take the two two weeks off um and in typical mass hysteria um fashion we also have a slight delay to the project that we're coming out. And the reason we have a slight delay is exciting. But we can't talk about we can't, that. We can't talk about that. They're we don't people, talk about Bruno. People are probably listening to them and they're like, they're just making up something out of their ass. And you're not wrong either. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Is this whole thing a joke? Maybe. But, but maybe not. We, we, no, we, we've spent a ton of time working on this, but we're a little bit delayed for reasons that will make sense soon. So... Uh, when we have a teaser ready, hopefully in the you know near future, we will definitely share it. But um, the the reason why I am mentioning this is because we will probably still do cover a lot of cold cases yeah, because we might branch out a little. It's really it. There obviously, I think a lot of the thing that people who maybe do podcasts like this, like true crime podcasts, struggle with is like there's such a thin line between a fine line between you know sensationalizing something and like giving it the proper respect and context and like telling the story of what happened. And obviously we want to make sure that we never are like sensationalizing something or like romanticizing a serial killer or doing anything like that. So by focusing on cold cases that still have the potential to be solved and often just need more resources and support, it's kind of a cool way to bring it all together. It is so cool. We have spent a lot of time looking at the New England cold case websites and we're going to be sharing some of those in the weeks coming up. But... Another surprise for y'all, Connor. Connor, your favorite man. Once in a while, I step All the people up. who are like, get the lady off the mic. I 100% agree with you, and I'll be passing it over. <laughs> um, so on that note, what else we got? Oh, yeah. You could leave us a rating, a comment, preferably a nice also, one. Also, we will be sharing a photo of Oswald on our Instagram and we Facebook. Will. So if you don't follow us on either and or both of those, please go do that. And we, we're learning the social media thing. For two people who are pretty antisocial, we're doing a good job. We are. Um, also, yeah, so rate us, review us an Apple. Also, send us some cash. So, oh, my God. <laughs> thanks. Love you. Bye. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, send us an email. Uh, or send can, us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Also, cash. Okay. Love you. Bye. Connor, and uh, me, me too, but Connor really wants us to get better microphones before we start our project. And money. So, we, they're expensive. If you feel like donating to the cause, please do. But if you don't have any money or you don't want to, reviews are great. Reviews really do help. Um, so without further ado, I will pass it over to my brother from another mother. I'm never going to say that again. Wow, Thank this you. This is a seven minute intro. <laughs> seven minutes in heaven. Okay. okay, I'm done. You guys, can you tell which one of us drove 18 hours and is still sleep deprived? Sorry, 18 hours overnight. That was a key part. Didn't really sleep too much. Tried to take a nap, then drove from 10, a 10 p.m. to 6 p.m. Love that. Love, Love that, that for me. So still recovering. That's why uh, that's why my homeboy over here is going to be taking, taking it over. Exactly. Okay, so Connor's doing a Massachusetts cold case, right? I am. I am. And this is kind of cool because there was some very recent, within the last six month um, developments, um, which is pretty cool. I don't know if it technically is still considered a cold case because of that, but I believe so. 
which it will all make sense soon. All right, so this takes us to Chelmsford and Billerica, which are two neighboring towns. Um, so in November of 2021, in Billerica, Massachusetts state investigators found portions of an early 70s Dodge Dart in the Concord River. And very quickly, the police were able to pin this car to a missing persons case. And this missing person was Judy Chartier. Chartier? Chartier? We've seen it pronounced Chartier, but if Chartier. it's pronounced Chartier, please let us know. But right. from the news, we've seen Chartier. So Judy Chartier was a 17-year-old girl, and she went missing from a party almost 40 years ago in 1982. And days after they identified the car, the police and investigators announced some additional finds in the river. Human remains were found, and they were positively identified as Judy. Yeah. So after being missing for nearly 40 years, Judy had been found. Yeah. Okay. And she went missing in Billerica and was found in Billerica, which is also just kind of interesting. But before we kind of go into that a little more, um, let's jump back to 1982 before Judy went missing. Um, Judith Ann Chartier was a 17-year-old girl when she disappeared. She would have turned 18 in August of that year. And she had, like, expressive dark eyes, petite features, and really dark hair. She was very pretty. Um, she was one of seven siblings, which sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was described as a good kid who never swore. Doesn't um, sound familiar. Does not sound familiar. <laughs> Judy and her mom, who was also named Judy, were very close, and they loved spending time together. And she was kind of described as, like, a, like a really, like, family-oriented person, um, loved being with her siblings and her family and friends. Um, since she grew up in Chelmsford, she attended Chelmsford High School. Chelmsford is a town right over from Berwicka. Um, it's right off Route 3. So she was a student at the high school, and she was really well-liked by her classmates. In an interview with the Lowell son, Judy's brother, Joe, said that his sister, quote, she was the type of person who always offered to befriend those who were bullied. And once she did show, so, they were never bothered again. She was a very kind soul. And he also said that she, quote, could sit outside and animals would literally, and he says he's not kidding at all, they would literally walk up to her, well, she was just sitting there. So she was like essentially Snow White. Snow White. Yeah. yeah. Also, I guess her neighbor had a pony and the pony hated everyone. And it would like walk right up to Judy and like put her head, put its head like in her hands, like because it loved her. Oh. It was just cute. So she just sounds like she's a really like sweet person and very like animal. animal and like even when he's talking about her being bullied, like I get the impression like she befriended those people. And it's not that she was like like a bully to other people she just was so well liked and like so positive that once she befriended those like kind of underdogs they just got left alone not because she had to protect them just because of who she was as a person um that's kind of the impression i got anyway and although she was only 17 she was engaged to a young man from billrica named roger balcom is he the same age i think close to the same age and the engagement was recent and like even though you're like oh wow she was 17 seems kind of young um i think it was more common back then um we were not alive yeah we weren't alive but but, so let us know you know at the time like i think the average age to get married was like 22 well wasn't it also like really taboo to like live together right exactly it was starting in the early 80s to like change but yeah i mean the 70s like a 760s 70s housewife like if you're listening to this and rolling your eyes because we got it wrong please let us know we totally could be we totally could and like you know, I think around this time, women also started to focus more on their careers. 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 <laughs> careers. Connor's been spending all this time on this. Oh, also, 
this area of Massachusetts is like known for being conservative. Yeah. So. Bilberka is still like, they have a Trump store. Yeah, they're very, (laughs) they, they're more the Republican piece part of Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, and you know, this isn't a slight towards Judy at all for getting engaged young. Like, I don't know the situation. I'm just kind of trying to set the stage. And I know for me, like I was kind of surprised like, oh wow, she's 17 and engaged. But then I kind of put it in perspective and I was like, okay, yeah, for the time period, that's not that weird. Um, so anyway, on the evening of Friday, June 4th, 1982, Judy was invited to a house party in Borica, and she had asked her cousin, Carol Costanza, I think her last name was, to go with her. Carol and Judy were super close, like they kind of, Carol kind of describes her like more of a sister than a cousin, and they spent a lot of time together. And But Carol decided to sit this party out, and that was fine. The girls decided they would just have a sleepover afterwards. Um, and so Judy went to the party anyway, and she ended up bringing Roger with her. And during the party, the couple got into an argument, and I'm not completely sure what the argument was about, but it's possibly because Judy, there's like talk that she was talking to someone else, like another guy. And that could be true. Who knows? Um, But Judy and Roger left together, but Judy dropped Roger off at his house, and then she returned to the party alone. And she left the party for a final time at 2 a.m. At the party when she got in a fight, were they just, it was like a verbal fight? They weren't like Yeah, no, it wasn't fight. physical. Okay. It was, I don't even know, like, if people really knew, like, oh, they're in a huge fight. It was just, you know how sometimes that happens. Like, I don't know the whole situation, but it wasn't anything crazy or violent or anything like that. Okay. They just left. Um, and probably she left around 2 a.m. because, like, that's when the party was getting over. There's speculation that she may have left with the guy that she was talking to. Okay. I don't know if that's true or not, though. Um... And Judy's brother, Joe, who was also, um, we've talked about him earlier, he was in, he's been interviewed a few times about Judy. Um, he was at another party, and this one was at their older brother's house. And Roger and Judy had planned to meet him there, but like somewhere in between, he found out that they'd been in a fight. I don't know if Roger called or if Judy called or what happened, but he kind of knew they weren't going to be coming. Um, so they have, they have another older brother. So, yeah, okay. she had. Well, she was on, on the younger okay. side. She's she was younger. younger. I don't know if what exactly in the order she was, but she was one of the younger siblings. So that night, Carol said that Judy never showed up to their to her house for the sleepover. It didn't really alarm her because, like again, we said Judy was like very like attached to her family. She was kind of a homebody. Sometimes she got homesick, like at parties and stuff. So she just assumed that Judy had decided to go home. Uh, like we said earlier, Judy and her mom were really close, so sometimes she just liked to spend time with her. And again, this is like before cell phones, so unless you talk to someone, you know, from their home phone, you wouldn't necessarily know what's going on. They couldn't just send a text. So everything seemed fine. And then the next morning, Judy's parents were awoken by two young men. One was like swinging nunchucks around, and they told the Chardiers that their daughter was missing. Was he like dressed? Like a burglar, you know, like what, or was like doing anything to conceal his identity, or was he just, you know, no, Connor Tree swinging nunchucks? Yeah, it was just like if I went in swinging That's nunchucks. So weird. They apparently knew them, and they were nunchucks. people that knew Roger, so they okay. were kind, and they were at a Bill Ricca house party, which is where Roger was from. Okay. So I don't know. The nunchucks is just kind of an interesting yeah, like, side note. Like, they don't really play into the story. Other than that, it's just weird that they would like totally. show up with nunchucks. Like I, I understand people who do some kind of like martial arts right. have nunchucks, but just to be right, that's your like weapon of choice. Exactly. Okay. And I guess one of them, I'm not sure which one. I don't even know their names, um, because technically they're not. Spoiler alert: not really involved, um, or not known to be involved. But one of them, I guess, didn't even know that Judy was missing until 
the other guy woke him up and was like, oh, Judy's missing. And so then they decided to go tell her family. So up to now, the Chartiers thought their daughter was sleeping at Carol's house because that's where she was supposed to be. And Carol thought she had gone home. So like, that's kind of how it's like, well, where'd how'd she, how'd no one know where she was? Because she was supposed to be... In people's minds, she was supposed to be in two different places. I thought you had her. I thought you were there. there. I thought you were like Exactly. Exactly. And as soon as Joe heard the news, he raced home to his parents' house. And though the Chartiers at this point were unsure exactly what had happened to Judy, one thing was clear to them. She had not run away. That would have been very out of character for Judy because she was a super conscientious kid and she would always call her mom to be like, oh, plans changed. I'm going to be here, going to be there. Um, also they thought it was weird. Like if she did go home with someone else, like willingly, why she wouldn't have called her mom? Because again, she told her mom everything. So it would be weird for her mom not to know where she was Mm -hmm. if she had the choice to tell her. So they were kind of freaked out. Um, the family also is very sure to this day that Roger Balcom, her fiance was not involved. They don't believe he would have harmed Judy. And he was also very cooperative with the police in their investigation. It's really just poor timing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And according to Joe Chartier, Roger still remains close to the family. Uh, Mm -hmm. I believe he lives in Arizona now. Um, But he, you know, he remains close to the family to this day. So law enforcement quickly kicked into action. They interviewed friends, family, and like 60 to 70 people that went to the party is what I read. Um, They interviewed as many as they could. They did three sweeps of the Concord River, which is interesting that she was found there. Um, But they also did, you know, helicopter searches, sonar searches. They really did their best. This is also 1982. But they did their best to find out where she was, but to no avail. And over the years, there were several different leads. Um, One time, Judy's social security number was used in Florida. And her brothers went to investigate, um, but they found nothing. And then in 2012, a family who bought the Chartier home um, found bones on the property. And once they were investigated, um, it was found to be like some deer or other animal bones. So they were not human bones. But like those kinds of things, like it would like give the family hope and then nothing. And then they'd see something else and then nothing. Um, Also, at some point, Judy's mom apparently talked to a psychic and the psychic oh, told no. her that her daughter was lying in a ditch. So, like, that's another thing. It just, like, sticks with you, but, like, nothing came of it, you know? Yeah. And, obviously, she wasn't lying in a ditch. Um, I think, like, that is... I don't, psychics? I, I mean, I, I get people look for answers in different things, but, like, if you're a psychic, you have to be really careful if you're getting a family hope or, like, a closure like that. That would really weigh heavily on me. Yeah. Um, if I was a psychic, which I am not. <laughs> surprise surprise um so what about those two men that we were talking about that woke the shardiers up that morning on june 5th well one of them only knew like i said because the other guy told him and the second guy quickly lawyered up refusing to talk and as far as i know to this day he has not cooperated in the, investi- in the investigation maybe since her body was found that may change now um but uh, he still wasn't believed like it was maybe one of the ones that you said earlier was not believed to be involved yeah they don't think i mean as far as they know he's it's not weird involved. though that he would um uncooperative it seems like he must know something but yeah, who knows, he knows um and like that's kind of what they said about the party goers they're like no one seems to know anything but also like depending on the reason this all happened perhaps they're intimidated 
um, or scared to come forward. So we don't exactly know. But so basically to this day, he's not cooperated because I guess there just must not have been enough proof to get, you know, make him cooperate. And there were a few other theories, like there's been some speculation that drugs were involved, and there's no reason to believe that um, Judy was ever involved in the use of drugs, that, again, the family believes was very out of character for her. People that know her don't think that that would be her, but perhaps she witnessed something that she shouldn't have, and so she, you know, got taken. Um, Another theory suggests that Judy Chartier's case may have been connected with a guy named James Mitchell. Debardelaben, I think that's how you say it. I'm not, t- I'm not hating on Connor. That's a hard name it's, to pronounce. It, that's a hard name to pronounce. Debardelaben. Debardelaben. Yeah. Um, but he died in prison in 2011. That doesn't mean that he wasn't involved. But at the time of his death, he had not been convicted of anything. Okay. But basically, the police found evidence of sex. Just say why he was. In, like, when yeah, he was in no, I'm just about to say that. Oh, gotcha. So, okay. um, basically, the police have found evidence of sex crimes against brunette women um, oh. in his car. Like, so there must have been some DNA evidence in his car of several other brunette women around oh, the same time period. Also, um, on the night of June 4th, 1982, um, there was a receipt in his car for that date. That was the date Judy disappeared. And there was, um, he had apparently checked into a Chelmsford motel. Um, that was discovered in his car, a receipt for oh, it. Oh, gosh. So, coincidence, maybe. Just kind of, that's why he was, you know, kind of, They he was a person of interest. But um, he was never convicted of any murders um, to this day. So, and he's passed away now. Oh, um, it's frustrating. Exactly. I mean, like, if he, if he, it's frustrating if he was involved, because he can't. Exactly, he's gone now. anything now, yeah. Um. So some people also believed that Judy's car and her body had been crushed in a junkyard years ago. Like, that was, I guess, a theory that went around for a long time. Um, I read all this stuff from old articles, which we'll link all below, um, from before her body was found. So, with that in mind, let's fast forward to 2021. Um, Bill Ricca resident Bruce Stebbins was a guy who worked in IT, and he was also kind of like a civilian sleuth. Um, so he just liked to research things. He got really interested in missing persons. Um, he said that they just always tugged at his heart, and that's probably why his interest was sparked in the case of Judy Chartier, especially excuse me, because it had been so long. Like She's been missing 40 years, 39 years. Um, now she would have been missing 40 years. She was killed 40 years ago. So after extensive research... Bruce um, enlisted the help of a fellow civilian sleuth who was a scuba dive scuba scuba diver named Hans Hoog, and they decided they wanted to search the Concord River with sonar equipment. So they kind of mapped out where they thought this, you know, she could be, and they decided to search that specific area, and so they did. And very quickly, they discovered pieces of a car, and it wasn't just any car. These pieces belong to a 1972 Dodge Dart. Isn't that just... And I'm, this is no hate to the initial investigation. Right. But that they didn't find it. And then these two people were like, I it think is. it would be here. And then they find it. It is. But it was also spread out over a 10-foot area, mm. the pieces. And because oh. it's a river and the Concord River is huge, moving. Yeah. it could have moved. So who knows exactly where this all went in. But Or someone so, could have disposed of it after the search, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So... They don't know exactly how long it's been in there. Um, 
So at this point, this is an important point. Um, the two sleuths notified the police. So, you know, obviously if you are an amateur sleuth and you ever come across something like this, this is the point when you involve the authorities. You don't want to be implicated in this. You also want things to be done exactly right. So you call the police. So they involved, got the police involved. And in November of 2021, the police were able to recover pieces of the car which again like i said it was strewn over a 10-foot area under the water and nearby they discovered human remains and using the dental records they were able to identify them as the remains of judith ann chartier so now we know this is no longer a missing persons case it's a, a murder investigation uh, and in a news conference uh, middlesex da marianne ryan said quote First to hear just a little bit of news that we've been trying to locate the car and then to hear that we've actually found human remains is both heartening in that the family will now have a sense of what happened to their sister and daughter, but also very distressing in terms of all the years they've waited, end quote, which is, I think, like a really good way to sum it up. It is. It's great, but I mean, not great. It's good that they have this information. Also really sad that like they waited so long and she was in town and they still don't know the whole story. So, sadly, um, Judy's parents and all but two of her siblings have passed away. So, they did not get to live to see any form of closure in this case. And while this closure, this is closure to some degree, like we were saying, Judy's cause of death is still under investigation. Um, Heather Lane was um, a second cousin to Judy. Um, She was not born when Judy disappeared, but she said that her childhood was, like, filled with stories of Judy And she kind of, like, always hoped this day of resolution would come, like, not only for her and the rest of the family, but especially for Judy's living siblings, um, who are two of her brothers named Joe and Bill. Um, Heather went on to say, quote, None of us know what transpired. One thing with grief is that we don't want to be kept up at night wondering what happened because so many horrific things come through your mind. We think it is best to wait it out and see what comes of it, end quote. Which I think is, like, I mean, as good of a kind of, position you can be in like thinking about this kind of thing because your mind could go all kinds of places who knows what happened to judy um but you know i think that that's kind of like a good kind of mindset to have like we're just going to wait it out and trust the investigation um in addition to like all of this she and joe um judy's brother so i think it's her great uncle are also i know her second cousin second cousin sorry they're also advocating a, um, alongside Heather Bish, who is the sister oh, to Molly yeah, Bish. Um, she was a Warren resident who was kidnapped and murdered in 2000. Um, they're working to pass a bill called the Senate Bill 1595, which would be an act permitting familial searches and partial DNA matches in investigating certain unsolved crimes, which would be really cool if they can get that passed. Um, so I thought that was worth mentioning. Definitely. And um, although Heather Lane was not born in 1980, what was it, 1982, when Judy disappeared, she said it affected her childhood. Um, She said she had a curfew until she was the age of 25 and through her whole like childhood was never allowed to attend parties and, you know, young adulthood, which she's like at the time it sucked. She's like, now I understand like, you know, this had just that it just shows like what a huge effect this kind of thing obviously had on the family. Yeah. Um. So, you know, this was the story of Judy Chartier, and we're obviously really glad that the family has some answers, and we hope in the coming days that, you know, the family can Especially get more closure. Especially the bill, the Senate bill passes. I know, Joe, and yeah, the bill would be awesome, and like, I just hope 
more closure comes. Like her brothers must be, they were older than her. She would be almost like 60, almost 60 now. Yeah. So I hope that, you know, they get some form of closure before she dies. It's just so hard with these old cases, but getting like a piece of evidence, like this is huge. So it's amazing that they were able to find it and how cool that, you know, civilian sleuths were able to play a role in that. And Connor would like to make a PSA that he encourages you to be a civilian sleuth, but to do so safely and involve the police exactly. when you come exactly. across any discovery so you don't exactly. accidentally implicate yourself. Right. Or just mess it up. Because, like, yeah. God forbid, like, this is great. The way that this evidence was found wasn't disturbed. Nothing happened. So the police were able to see it and the investigators exactly as it was. Um, which is super important. So if you ever come across a crime scene, PSA, call the police. Don't touch anything. Don't, Don't do anything. anything. But also, uh, if you feel like you have a theory about what happened to something in a case, share it with people and try to get some traction. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they had an Send idea of where We'd she love was. To hear. If, you have, you know, if you have any information in this case, share it with the police. Share it with us. We'd love to hear about it. So hopefully we'll keep our fingers crossed the Senate bill gets passed and we'll keep you updated as new... Um, information comes to light about what may have happened but until next week stay safe guys be uh civilian sleuths but involve the police if you find <laughs> anything bye all right bye guys